0: On Every Main Street is a weekly program that takes a deeper look into the greater Lehigh Valley small, medium, and large businesses that might be found on every Main Street. Tonight, join me, Greg Caponia, as we invite WDIY listeners to learn more about the entrepreneurs with great ideas serving the communities in which we live. Good evening and welcome to On Every Main Street, the program where we get to meet members of the Greater Lehigh Valley Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, Greg Caponia, and this evening our first guest is Rhonda Miller, the Executive Director of the Oasis Community Center, and speak up for Ben. The OASIS Community Center helps families and friends impacted by substance abuse. Welcome, Rhonda.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Rhonda, what is the OASIS Community Center?
1: The Oasis Community Center is a free community resource located in Bethlehem, and we reach residents throughout the entire Lehigh Valley and beyond to serve families and friends who are impacted by someone else's substance use.
0: Let's visualize where the Oasis Center is located. Can you tell us exactly where it is? Many of us have probably passed it and didn't even know it was there.
1: It's... Uh, Iconic uh, building here in Bethlehem. It's a 220-year-old farmhouse on the Monocacy Creek at the Route 22 interchange where it meets 512 Center Street, and our street address is Bath Pike.
0: A very welcoming facility to those who are seeking some help and assistance. Rhonda, you actually started the center. Why did you do it?
1: So I experienced... Uh, the heartbreak of watching my beautiful boy, my youngest son, Ben, develop a substance use disorder uh, beginning as a teenager. And he was ultimately introduced to opioids. He was prescribed them for wisdom teeth removal, although I'm not sure if that's where it started. He developed a horrendous opioid use disorder. And as parents, we were absolutely bewildered where to get help where to turn for support, what resources were out there. And ultimately, we tragically lost Ben six years ago when he was 23 years old. As a result of our experience, we felt like there was a big gap in our community and the need for family support was lacking. So we responded uh, by opening up this center.
0: Thank you for sharing your story. And um... There's also a, uh, a second piece of this. Speak up for Ben. Can you explain that?
1: Yes. So after we lost Ben, several years later, when we finally were rising out of our grief to take action, we felt compelled to begin a nonprofit to serve our community here in the Lehigh Valley through educational events, to educate people on the dangers of opioid misuse. And also to educate them so that they break the stigma. And so families and people suffering with addiction get help. So we established our nonprofit corporation and named it Speak Up for Ben. Speak up for all the Bens out there because Ben had great difficulty finding his voice and advocating for himself.
0: You talk about the stigma. Can you give us an example of how that might affect? a family with a person going through what you've been through?
1: Families experience a great amount of stigma when a loved one has an addiction issue. Community members, society, relatives, neighbors tend to point the finger at the family and they say, you know, what happened in this family system that this individual turned to drugs or alcohol and developed an addiction? So Oftentimes, people do not understand the vast complexities of the neurological disease of addiction, and there's so many different factors that play into it. It isn't one particular factor, but families experience a great deal of stigma, and because of that, they have great fear with seeking help because they feel that blame is going to be cast upon them.
0: So, Rhonda, let's say I have a friend or a family member who I suspect might have a drug or alcohol problem. How can OASIS help?
1: We offer um, many free programs and groups that are facilitated by licensed professional counselors, specific to help people develop healthy coping skills, to help them build resiliency, to help them develop healthier communication patterns. So whether a person has a friend or family member with an addiction, uh, they need to learn different ways of interacting with that person and different ways so that they can also manage the stress and trauma that they're experiencing in their own lives.
0: Can you give us an example of some success stories that you have as a result of the programs that you've started?
1: We initially opened our doors with uh, some basic community groups set programs such as Al-Anon and Naranon. But then we quickly began to become aware that there are different approaches out there, and there's a lot of studies and evidence-based approaches that the community wasn't aware of. So we introduced several programs. Invitation to Change is our newest program, working with therapists from the Center for Motivation and Change in New York. And this is helping family members shift their thinking and shifting their approach. Now, we cannot force someone to stop using substances, but we can play a part in how they interact with us and decisions that they make that might make a change for them to choose to search for a sober lifestyle.
0: Evidence-based programs, when you talk about those, what specifically are you, can you explain evidence-based programs?
1: So, yes. Yes. So the groups that we facilitate ourselves, we work with um, programs that have been rolled out for a number of decades that are curriculums developed, tried and true, and studied, and what they are rooted in a program called CRAFT. CRAFT is an acronym for Community Reinforcement and Family Training, and this uses cognitive behavioral therapy and other modes of therapy and therapeutic approaches to change the way people think and approach problems.
0: So does the the Oasis Community Center work alongside AA or Al-Anon, and, or is that a, an added piece of the so, puzzle, or how, how how do you interact with those organizations?
1: So we are a beautiful house with many different rooms, and we host many different groups and programs. The focus of our programs primarily are supporting families and friends, uh, helping them, as I said earlier, to develop coping skills, resiliency, and better, better communication practices. But we, we also host an Al-Anon group, and we host an Adult Children of Alcoholics. Both of those are 12-step programs. So we provide the meeting space for those programs. We have several dozen programs currently on our calendar, And we are constantly adding programs. And everything is either in person or has a hybrid component. So we can reach people throughout the Lehigh Valley and even beyond. And people who perhaps have mobility issues or transportation issues, they can zoom into these meetings. Everything is confidential. And we are trained facilitators.
0: And you're funded by Northampton County. Is that correct?
1: Our program is funded by Northampton County Drug and Alcohol Division.
0: And I think it's important to point out that you don't necessarily have to live within the county to use or take part in what you offer at the Oasis Community Center.
1: We serve people from all over. We have many folks throughout the Lehigh Valley that live and work in other counties nearby. uh, And they come to benefit from these services because, unfortunately, They are not available elsewhere.
0: I think part of the stigma, perhaps, you would certainly know better than I, is what can a person expect when they finally say, okay, I want to get sober, I want to cross this bridge, I want to get better. What could a person who says, okay, help me expect when they come to the Oasis Community Center?
1: So if somebody comes to Oasis and they're looking for their own personal recovery from substances, We connect them to our supports in the community, other recovery centers that are funded by the county that have peer specialists, certified recovery specialists and recovery coaches that can help walk them alongside. We can connect them to get a drug and alcohol assessment free through the county and the county can help place them in a bed in a treatment center if that's the course that's recommended. We uh, at the Oasis Community Center are credentialed through the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania as certified family recovery specialists. So our expertise is through our lived experience with family members' addiction issues, walking through that, and then we've received extensive training to be credentialed to work with family members this way.
0: I met Rhonda at the Northampton County Festival uh, recently, and I will tell you, if you're thinking about the Oasis Community Center, and if there is accepting and open and honest and helpful as Rhonda is, uh, you will be welcomed with open arms. Rhonda, there's a, there's a newer type of deadlier drug out there circulating right now, isn't there?
1: Uh, well, there's several. And unfortunately, the drugs that are on the street are continuously evolving. Currently, a very large problem is the fentanyl crisis, fentanyl, an illicit manufactured opioid synthetic that is permeating the street drug supply, and it's oftentimes in lethal doses. That's how I lost my son, Ben. He procured what he thought was an opioid heroin, which was what he was previously addicted to, And it turned out to be 100% fentanyl and took his life. We're seeing it on the street. Fentanyl is permeating every substance that is on the street. And most alarmingly, there's fentanyl pills that are pressed to look like Xanax, Percocet, and other substances that young people are getting their hands on through social media.
0: Again, how can a person learn about the Oasis Center? Uh, Web addresses, phone numbers.
1: Our phone number is 484 747 Our street address is 3410 Bath Pike, Bethlehem, 18017. And our website is oasisbethlehem.org. You can reach out to us. You can, we're a drop-in center. We're open Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. As a drop-in center, you can just walk in the door, avail yourself to our services, And many of our programs, all of our support programs groups are on our website. And I should also say that in addition to support groups and counseling groups, we provide a whole social uh, network of activities because families often become very isolated. They lose touch with friends. They stop interacting with people socially because of the burden that they're dealing with. So we we have... um, Yoga classes, mindfulness, meditation. We hike right outside our doors at the Monocacy Creek. We have cooking classes. We have potlucks and dinners, arts and crafts. So we have a full array of activities to help nurture the body, mind, and soul.
0: Rhonda, can you just give us one uh, in our brief moment left? Give us a statement of hope here.
1: I like to say that there is always hope and always help for families that. In today's world, we know that recovery is possible and actually with the right supports in place for the person with addiction issues, recovery is probable. And we are here to strengthen the families because we understand that addiction affects the entire family system and the holistic approach will yield the strongest results and chance of recovery for the individual suffering with addiction
0: go to the website, Oasis Community Center. There's also some podcast links there, video links. It's something that you really ought to take a look at. And even if you don't need this service today, you should become familiar with it because it's a community asset provided by Northampton County. And we're very lucky to have this community asset in our our county.
1: I also want to add that in addition to serving the families that are impacted by addiction, with their loved ones actively using or in recovery, a large part of our programming is to support families and friends who have lost someone to addiction, like I have. So we have many different grief support groups. We have programs for kids who have lost parents to an overdose. We have programs for grandparents and other caregivers who are now raising those children because their adult child has died. Programs for siblings. And we have special memorial events. So we really are a full-service family recovery center.
0: Rhonda Miller, thank you very much for sharing your experience. Rhonda is, of course, the executive director of the Oasis Community Center. And thank you for being on Every Main Street.
1: Thank you so much for allowing me to share this important resource with our community.
0: We will be back right after this message. If you are a Golden Age folky and love the music of Woody Guthrie, Bob Dylan, Judy Collins, Joan Baez, and the Kingston Trio, WDIY is the place to be on Monday nights. From 7 to 9 p.m. on Folk Classics, all of that great music from the late 1940s to the late 60s will fill the airwaves, and we will welcome your ideas about the artists and songs you'd like to hear. Folk Classics, Mondays from 7 to 9 p.m. right here on WDIY. Welcome back to Every Main Street. Our next segment welcomes Kelly Bauer, the Executive Director of the Center for Animal Health and Welfare. Welcome, Kelly.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Kelly, what are you working on right now? What's your latest news from the Center for Animal Health and Welfare?
2: Well, as many know, the Center for Animal Health and Welfare has been around for over 100 years, adopting out animals and providing care to our community's homeless pets. And most recently in April, we opened Project Paul, which is a community resource center that houses the Lehigh Valley's first cat cafe, Betty's Corner, has six of our adoptable animals from the center, and then also resale to the rescue, which is Upcycled clothing donated by our community, which we then sell at a very affordable price to help programs that go into the community for Easton for our four legged and two legged friends.
0: So, what is a cat cafe?
2: <laughs> so, a cat cafe started in Asia. It was a, a big phenomenon and has still is, and then moved to the United States. And it's a place where you can come and have a drink, have a snack, and spend time cuddling with cats that are available for adoption.
0: So if you're not interested in adopting, but perhaps maybe your uh, landlord doesn't allow you to have an animal in your house, can you come and just play with the cats?
2: Absolutely. It's also great. We're so close to so many colleges, and we see a lot of the college kids who cannot, unfortunately, have animals in their dorm come down and spend time with us. So it's definitely a great way to get your kitty fixed without having to take an animal home. But if you fall in love, that option is always there.
0: Uh, That's really nice. And so the cats that you see at the Cat Cafe are available for adoption.
2: They are, all of them. And we have done an incredible job. I'm I'm so proud of Project Paul. We have adopted out 30 animals um, since we've been open, 30 cats. So we really appreciate our community, but know that this is a great way to kind of introduce people to adoption maybe they weren't thinking about it. Maybe they're not at all, but at least they get that love and that attention that they're looking for. And then if they decide to adopt down the road, then, you know, we're here for them. So it really does work out well for the community because they get to see firsthand what we do and be part of that. Again, they can just come in and snuggle if they want, but that adoption option is always open. With-
0: That's really cool. So where is the CAD Cafe located again?
2: It's directly across the street from the uh, State Theater. It's 452 Northampton Street. So if you're standing there, on one side is us, and on the other side is the State Theater. So it's a really a great location, right in downtown Easton.
0: That's a great idea. Uh, now about the shelter. You are a no-kill shelter. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. We do not euthanize for space, and we never will.
0: Are all your animals spayed and neutered when you adopt out an animal, or what's your position on? Oh, you know the cat population or the cat and dog population, put it that way.
2: It is our responsibility to spay and neuter. Um, I don't believe that any animal welfare organization should ever adopt out uh, without having those animals spayed and neutered. It really is our responsibility. We see animal overpopulation and how out of control the feral cat population is, and it is really our responsibility to do that as an organization. Um, So they all go out, and that is included in your adoption fee, along with a microchip. Uh, vaccinations. And then, of course, they see a vet as well.
0: So how do you get your animals? I mean, how how do they end up at your facility?
2: Well, it's, it's a mix. Sadly, a lot of them are relinquishments, people that for whatever reason, no longer uh, will take care of them. We also have a lot of strays that come in And from time to time, we do work with other organizations that are having difficulty. Uh, We have an organization in North Carolina that transports to us at no cost to our organization. They spay, they neuter, they do everything, and then send them up solely because there's such an overpopulation down there. We don't do it often because we like to support home first, um, but when we can, we do like to save lives.
0: Of course, we'd much rather, as animal lovers, uh, rather have a person relinquish an animal than kind of abandon it. Um, absolutely so, so so if you can't for some reason a health reason or uh, a restriction on your living facility you can drop an animal off correct
2: Right. Well, we are we are not an open admission. So that means because we're a no-kill, we take animals based on room availability resources. Okay. So we do take as many animals as we can and ha- as we have space for, um, but you can't just come drop one off. We ask you to uh, go onto our website. We have a relinquishment form, or you can call us and fill it out, and then you'll make an appointment. Now, if an animal is not able to be adopted if it's a feral cat if it's an extremely dangerous dog um then we will not accept those animals because we don't euthanize um for space so we try to make sure that they are adoptable animals that we have the room that we have the money Um, but yes we will take as many as we can as a no kill
0: for our listeners explain what a feral cat is
2: so a feral cat is a cat that either was born outside or at some point made its way outside and now it wants to live outside. So that means that it will let you feed it. It might even let you pet it while you're feeding it, but that's pretty much the interaction that it wants to have with you. It does not want to be a pet at this point. And sadly, a lot of stray cats who were once, you know, in a home and loving become feral cats and at that point it's very difficult to socialize them to get them to be adoptable. So for a feral cat for us, we don't have the resources and the time to socialize Some you cannot ever, um, but we don't really have the resource to socialize feral cats. So we do not accept feral cats. There are currently no organizations in the Lehigh Valley that do. So the best thing we can do for them is spay and neuter and make sure our own pets are spayed and neutered.
0: So your facility is specifically for dogs and cats?
2: It is, yes.
0: And so let's say a person has a, a, uh, a family that includes dog, a dog or a cat. Can a uh, person bring their potential family member, uh, four-legged family member, over to meet their uh, potential uh, new family member?
2: It is actually one of our requirements when adopting a dog. Uh, we don't do cat meets typically because uh, cats don't interact with dogs much. Now, if somebody has a cat that they're not sure of, we can certainly try to test but dog meets are essential for us. If you are adopting a dog and you have another dog in your home, we require a meet because we want to make sure that your dog's going to love this dog as much as you do. So we do that as part of our adoption process. After we've gone through meeting the family and meeting the dog and all the fun stuff at the end, prior to adoption, we do bring the family's dog in just to make sure that it's a good fit as well. What do you look for? Well, here's the thing. So, it's an odd situation right you're bringing in animals that are not familiar with the shelter and then you've got these shelter animals so we're not looking for perfection we're not looking for them to just be best friends immediately we've had times where it's a little tense at first and then we'll do another dog meet to see if that's how it's going to be or if it was just that first time introduction but we're basically looking for good body language that there's not uh too much tension that there's not um whale eyeing we call it whale eyeing because it literally looks like you just see the whites of a dog's eyes and that means they are very very much um anxious and so we look for those kind of things if it subsides we know that it's just the introduction the initial meeting um but if that continues we typically don't move forward if there's real aggression if the whale eyeing turns into low growling or snapping or those type of things we will then say this is probably not a good fit but we don't you know shut the door immediately if it's not you know, happy rainbows initially.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, are there any fees to adopt an animal?
2: There is. Um, and the like I said before, the adoption fees include spay and neuter. It includes all the vaccinations, microchip and flea treatment. And the cost range... To adopt a adult cat, it's $125. To adopt adult dog, it's $150. Um, if you want a puppy, it's $350. If you want a kitten, it's $250. Um, so it just depends on the age. We have a great program called Seniors for Seniors. If you are over the age of 65 and you adopt an animal that is eight or older, we will not only waive the adoption fee, but we are going to provide rabies vaccines for the lifetime of that pet. So we try to meet people where they are and have lots of different adoption um, possibilities.
0: You have a really good website where you can actually view the animals that are up for adoption. Can you tell us what the address is to the website?
2: Sure. It's www.healthyanimalcenter.org backslash adopt. will go directly to the adoptable animals. But if you'd like to find out about our events, how you can volunteer, how you can donate, that, of course, is all on there as well.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the center's life-saving philosophy?
2: So our mission is that we want to help as many animals as we can. Maybe we can't place them, maybe we can't adopt them out, but we want to provide resources. And that's why Project Paula is so important to us. We wanted multiple locations in order to reach our community where they are. Project Paula is used to educate, to support. We have low-cost vaccination clinics. We have free food giveaway for those in need. Um, And then we also have at the shelter, just adoptions and things like that. So we are about all the different ways that you can support animal welfare, not just with adoption. So we like to meet our community where they are and support them where they are, but also offer those adoption options as well.
0: So Kelly, how long have you been doing this?
2: I have been at the shelter for six years now.
0: Give us a a snapshot into your life. What's it What's it like to work where you work, and uh, what are some of the fun things that you get to do?
2: Well, I always tell people that it is not work to me. It is. It is not a job. It is something that I am incredibly passionate about. It is my purpose, and I love going to work every day. Now, it does have its challenges. It is a very emotionally taxing job you know we unfortunately see the worst in people we see very bad cases of animal abuse and neglect and and hurt and trauma we see people that you know don't necessarily care about life but then we see the people that come in to volunteer and the people that adopt and the people that donate and give their time and give their whatever value they can offer And that is what makes my job so incredible because with all the things kind of going wrong in the world, we get to see firsthand the right, the people that want to be the change that they wish to see in the world, the people that want to make a difference. My staff inspires me every single day, every single day, just watching them be part of the Transition from a homeless animal to an adopted pet is truly a gift to me, and I'm really grateful to have my job. This uh, we have lots of great events, um, so much fun each year. We do an event called Pins for Pets, and it's a bowl-a-thon with Bobby Gunther Walsh, and we raised last year over a hundred thousand dollars, and we were able to secure all our medical care for the year. So those are the type of things that really make me happy and allow me to lead it with the best that I can give.
0: So if a person's an animal lover, how can they help out?
2: Well, volunteering and fostering are two of the best ways that you can help. Fostering especially because if you are willing to accept an animal into your home that needs a little bit of extra care, has maybe it's worried about being in a shelter, might be pregnant, might have just had babies, whatever that may be. If you can foster, that gives us more room in the shelter. And volunteering is life-saving. It really is. Those are the extra walks, the extra love, the extra care. That's our ability to go out into the community and do public events. So volunteering and fostering are really important. And of course, dollars, you know, you cannot do what we do without a dollar. Um, We have quite a bit of of medical care that we provide and staffing. And so it does take money to run and, and we can always use that.
0: And how are you funded?
2: We are funded by individual donors. I am actually very proud to say that the bulk of our donors give $100 or less a year. And our budget to run is $900,000. So I am very, very proud that we have personal relationships with our community and they believe in what we do so much that they truly do fund us. We get a grant, um, when we apply, we get grants from Northampton County, typically not more than 50000 a year. But other than that, we don't get any supplemental. anyone. And again, those grants we apply for and we are accepted, but we do not receive government funding.
0: Kelly, we just have a little bit of time left. Once again, the website and how do you make a donation? Remind our listeners. Sure,
2: absolutely. Please go to healthyanimalcenter.org. We would be happy if you would adopt, volunteer, foster, and of course, donate.
0: Kelly Bauer, the Executive Director of the Center for Animal Health and Welfare located in Easton. Thank you, Kelly for being thank on every so yeah thank you for being on every main street I'm your host Greg caponia you're listening to WDIY 88.1 FM have a great evening
1: Up next on WDIY 88.1 FM news headlines from NPR followed by our Monday night folk program Folk Classics